Welcome back for day five, our last day of week two of our look through the book of Isaiah. We're going to skip over to focus on Isaiah chapter seven. Isaiah seven talks about what to do when your heart is shaken. In California, where I live, we know what to do when the building shakes. But what about when your heart is shaken? Isaiah 7, it's all about a people with shaken hearts. Isaiah 7, 2 says, Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people, Ahaz who was the king at the time and his people, were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Their hearts are shaken by the political military situation of the day. A new alliance was made. And when that alliance is made of two enemies, Ahaz, all the country, looks at this and say, well, they're overwhelmingly powerful now. We can't possibly have victory. How do you handle a shaken heart? Shaken hearts occur when the circumstances that you're facing, they seem insurmountable. They're undefeatable. They're unconquerable. And so the shaken heart wants to give up, to lie down, to bail out. It just wants to quit. This chapter talks to us, as Isaiah gives a prophecy to Ahaz this day, talks to us about what to do when our heart is shaken. Tells us that you need God's command, you need God's perspective, and you need God's promise. First, you need God's command. When you're shaken, when I'm shaken, what we want to do is what our emotions tell us to do. But we all know where that gets us. I mean, our, our emotions make things fall apart even more. But we just want to do something and do something quick. So we rely on what we're feeling. And we often do the wrong thing when we're shaken. Instead, take the time to look and see, what does God say to do in the midst of this circumstance? Find a friend who will tell you. And then do what God tells you to do. So in verse 3 of chapter 7, Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Sher Jeshub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct, of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field and say to him, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of the two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and of the son of Remaliah. So he talks to the king very clearly, Isaiah does this day. His son goes along with him. The Bible even is very clear. It says this is where the conversation happened. And he says, here's the commands of God, very simple commands. They're commands for you and I when we're shaken. First, be careful. Be careful. When our heart is shaken, along with shaken hearts, often come stupid actions. We do the first thing we think of doing. So be careful. Our fears control us and we can do the dumbest things. Be careful. When your heart is shaken, that's not a time to make quick decisions. That's a time to be careful with your decisions. Because you want to just decide anything so it's not shaken anymore and then we often end up making it worse. So be careful. Take your time to hear what God has to say. And then keep calm is the command that Isaiah gives that day. Don't, don't you love it when people say, just calm down? It, it makes you want to hype up even more. But this is more than a consolation. He's not just patting him on the back here. This is a command. God not only wants us to calm down. Hey, you should calm down. God has the power to calm our spirits. Calm down. So you can pray this prayer. Lord, calm my soul right now. I don't have the power to calm my soul. Calm my soul right now. Be careful. Keep calm when your heart is shaken. Next command. There's four commands he gives us him here very quickly is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do you know how many times God had to say this to people? Almost every time an angel appeared. Fear not. Don't be afraid. God can calm 
our fears. When he calms us, he's most often calming our fears. His command here is to allow us to do so. Don't be afraid. It's not a suggestion. It's not like a counseling session. It's a command. Don't be afraid. So how do I connect myself to God's command here? You ask him to calm your fears. And the Bible tells us how he calms our fears. He calms our fears with his love. That's how he does it. Because his love is always greater than your fear. Your fear may seem to be greater than anything else in your life. His love trumps that all. His love is greater than your fear. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Don't be afraid. And then, do not lose heart. It's so easy for the circumstances of life to make you want to lose heart. We want to give up or we want to give in because we feel all alone and we feel like we don't have what it takes to get us through this tragedy. We don't have what it takes to get us through this shaken heart. I've always loved, I know it's very sentimental, but I've always loved that fictional story of a little boy who sneaks his way on stage before a great concert pianist is supposed to come out and play. And somehow he sees the piano and he goes to it without anybody stopping him. That's why you know it's a fictional story. But he goes to the piano and he sits down and the little boy in front of the whole crowd starts to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the, on the piano. This embarrassing moment, like get the kid off the stage moment. And then the story is, you probably know the story, the, the, the concert pianist comes up behind him and he reaches his hands around him and he starts to improvise this beautiful counter melody. And all the time he's saying to the little boy, keep going, don't quit, don't stop. And he brings beauty out of the simplicity of what that little boy is playing. Now, the reason I love that story is because that's what the master does. He takes the simple prayers that I pray. He takes the simple actions of faith that I take, the simple seeds of faith that I plant. And the master comes along and he brings beauty out of it that we just can't imagine. So don't lose heart. God is working. The master is there. Those are God's commands when we have a shaken heart. When your heart is shaken, you listen to God's commands. When your heart is shaken, you look at God's perspective. And specifically, he gives his perspective about the enemy. When our heart is shaken, it's shaken by something. There is an enemy out there. There's something that seems like it's going to attack us. So he walks through it that day with Ahaz very clearly. He says, look, let me just tell you. Let's look at God's perspective on this enemy that you're so afraid of. First, they're just two smoldering stubs of firewood. Chapter 4, last half of verse 4. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and of the son of Remaliah. Stubs of firewood. Well, if you've ever seen a stub of a firewood smoldering, that means the fire's burning out. That's the picture. They're burning out. God's perspective is you're worried about something that's burning out. It's probably not going to come to pass. And for you and I, when we're facing something, our heart is shaken. God's perspective is often the same thing. You're worried about something that's possibly never going to come to pass. But certainly, even if it comes to pass, it's not going to last. Not into eternity, not into God's promise for your life. So two smoldering stubs of firewood, that's a picture of the enemies that come against us. And then another picture is they say, but God says. They say this is going to happen, but God says it will not happen. Verses 5 to 7. Aram... Ephraim and Remaliah's son have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it amongst ourselves and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. Don't ever 
let what they say make you disbelieve what God says. So you look at what God says. And then he says, here's another perspective on this enemy. That the head of Samaria, it's only Remaliah's son. Verse 9 says, the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. They're just people, he's saying. They're as frail as you are. Remaliah's son, you know him. He's not bigger than life. He's just a person. But then he ends these verses about having God's perspective with these words. Verse 9, last half of verse 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Wow. Right in the middle of this talk about Remaliah and Ephraim and Samaria, Samaria, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you won't stand at all. That's the perspective you and I need when our heart is shaken. I gotta stand in my faith because it's the only thing worth standing on. And sometimes, actually, God allows our circumstances to be shaken. He allows our hearts to be shaken. So we come to this place of realizing the only thing I have to stand on is my faith. But whether God allowed it or Satan afflicted it or however it happened, the lesson I can learn is that what I have to stand on is my faith. God puts things in perspective. What are you standing on when you're shaken? And then there's a third thing in this chapter that's given to us when our heart is shaken, and that is God's promise. That's the sign of Emmanuel that's in this chapter. In verse 10, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of God also? It's an interesting conversation here. Isaiah, the Lord speaks through Isaiah to Ahaz, ask me for a sign. Ahaz acts super spiritual. He says, oh, I'm not going to even ask or, or put the Lord to the test. And Isaiah says, you're, you're trying the patience of God. He, Ahaz thinks it's somehow spiritual not to ask. Not to ask God, who's the one who wants to give to us. He doesn't understand faith. He doesn't understand the love of God. Maybe the reason he doesn't want to ask is he doesn't want to hear the answer. But God gives him a sign. God gives him the promise anyway. And it's a sign of the promise of God's presence. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. You might recognize that verse. We see it again in the New Testament. Emmanuel, God with us. This is the promise of God's presence. Now, for Ahaz, God's presence is actually going to bring judgment. Isaiah's telling him here that the nations he's worried about, they're going to be replaced by an even greater enemy, Assyria, who he might think is his friend at this point. As you and I, though, we read this verse today, we see that there's a double application of prophecy. This wasn't just for Ahaz in that day. In fact, Isaiah used a word here for young woman that most often meant virgin. But of course, as people read it in Old Testament times, they thought, that, that just can't be. This had to just be about Ahaz in that time. I don't know why Isaiah used this word, why God prompted him and led him and through prophetic power caused him to choose this word, but God did. And when Jesus was born, it all became clear. That's why he used that word, because the virgin Mary did conceive and did give birth to a son. And we do call him Emmanuel. God is with us. This isn't just about Christmas. This is about what God wants to do in your life and my life today. Matthew 1, 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
That's the promise. When your heart is shaken, that's the promise that you hang on to. God is with us. And that promise is made real and powerful and certain in Jesus Christ. The one who was born of a virgin, the one who died on a cross, and the one who rose from the dead. So is your heart shaking? What do you do? You let God strengthen you with his commands. You let God secure you with his perspective. You let God satisfy you with his promise. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for the promise of Jesus. God is with us. Of all that we talked about, the calm that you want to bring into our lives, the chasing of the fears in our lives, of all that we talked about, our hearts go to that. God is with us. When our heart is shaken, when our circumstances are shaken, when our life is shaken, God, you are with us. And you'll be with us every moment of every day. And so we come to you right now with our shaken heart. And we ask, God, that you bring your comfort, your care, your calm, your power, your strength, your hope, your future. We look forward. We look forward in hope because you are with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, next week, we're going to see Isaiah turn to the positive as he talks about change, as he talks about hope and transformation and joy as a part of God's vision for change in your life. 